Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skeptical Jadon podcast. I am Jide Jadon Adigun. Today I want to talk about homosexuality and Africa. Recently there has been some pushback against the LGBT plus people in Ghana. On West African social media, Nigeria, Ghana and other countries inclusive, anti-LGBT rhetoric is very abundant. Much of these anti-LGBT stance is informed by religious presuppositions. Much is also down to Africans not being aware of the facts about this issue due to a poor, flawed and biased educational system. It's not only limited to Nigeria, but to other African countries as a whole. In this episode, I would like to set forth some counterposition and facts about homosexuality in Africa. So the first thing I just want to understand from the point of view of people who are anti-LGBT is that they don't actually give a concrete reason for why homosexuality is wrong most of the time. And what I want to do in this episode is try to respond to some of the claims that they've made about homosexuality and show that these claims are either factually wrong or they're not taking the full scope of things into account. So one of the main claims that people make about homosexuality is that it is unnatural. That homosexuality is not in line with nature. Curiously, they don't define what they mean by nature in this case. But if we assume that we intuitively understand what they are talking about, it should be first noted that this constitutes what is called an appeal to nature fallacy. I mean, that's that's implicit in that statement. An appeal to nature fallacy is committed when someone claims that because something is natural, it is therefore good or bad, or it ought to be accepted or rejected based on the ground that it is natural. Um, that's a fallacy because the fact of something being natural or unnatural does not in itself tell us anything about whether it can be good or it can be bad. We have to assess the benefits or the demerits of that object or phenomenon on its own merit, not based on the fact that it's unnatural or it's natural. Even so, if we just you know want to take the claim at face value and say, okay, well, it's not natural means that it's not something that is found in nature. That's actually false because over 1,500 species of animals have been observed to have homosexual behavior from our closest living relatives, the chimpanzees and bonobos, to even insects. Homosexual behavior is observed in virtually all sexual species in every major clad that has been studied. But more importantly, we don't actually take our behavioral and social cues from nature. Otherwise, there's lots of things we wouldn't be doing. We wouldn't be driving. We wouldn't be going to school. We wouldn't be cooking because all these things are, in quotes, unnatural. So the claim that homosexuality is unnatural is not itself of any force against 
the fact that people can be homosexual or should be allowed to be homosexual or to, I should say, should be allowed to engage in homosexual relationships. The second claim they usually make is that homosexuality ceases procreation. In other words, homosexuals can't have children. First of all, this is flat out false because homosexuals are, are just as fertile as everyone else. But usually when the people who make this claim say, they are saying that, well, if two people get into a homosexual relationship, that relationship itself cannot produce children. And on that ground, it should be rejected. But the same is true of relationships that involve at least one impotent partner. If a man, for example, has low sperm counts, or maybe his testicles are damaged, or if the woman's ovum has some problems and she can't have children, we don't, because of that, say that they should not get married. We might have other concerns with such marriages or relationships as a whole, but we don't, based on that fact, deny them the right to get married. Nobody stops impotent men from getting married to whomever they want or claims that they are committing a sin if they get married. So the same can be applied to the homosexual people. We don't need to stop them because they can have children or they won't have children, I should say. And again, procreation is not a must for everyone. People can choose not to procreate if they so desire. I've seen a number of marriages where both the husband and the wife are fertile, but they said, okay, you know what? We don't want to have children. We just want to live our lives on our own. At the most, maybe we can adopt children from orphanages and take care of them and all that. And if that can be available to a heterosexual couple, I don't see why a homosexual couple can't also do that. Another claim that they usually make is that homosexuals spread HIV AIDS around. As if, you know, HIV AIDS is more or less like a gay disease in a sense. But the simple fact is that all demographics of people have HIV AIDS and spread it around. It is not a gay disease. I mean, we could also argue that the fact that black people tend to have sickle cell disease more is it, it makes sickle cell disease a black disease. But we don't say that. It's not a black disease. Sickle cell disease is not a black disease. It's a disease that's more prevalent among black people. And that informs us into knowing how we can tackle it. Why is it that it tends to happen more among black people? So we can tackle it that way. It's the same thing with the coronavirus, COVID-19. It originated from China. But then it's wrong to call it the Chinese virus. It's not the Chinese virus. It's not, I mean, it could have arisen from anywhere, first of all. And currently, it's a pandemic. Every country, everywhere has someone who has had COVID in the past or currently has COVID. So it's not a disease that's located or that's defined by a certain ethnic group or country. And the same is true for HIV AIDS. It's not a gay disease. Now, it is true that HIV AIDS was first identified in gay men in the US. That was in the 1980s. But HIV AIDS did not originate from gay men. 
HIV has been genetically traced to the Congo in Africa, the Congo area in Africa. It's believed to have originated in the early 1900s in a spillover event from chimpanzees. So it's not something that gay people brought into the world or that is spread around by gay people. As a matter of fact, lesbian women actually have the lowest incidence of HIV AIDS globally when it comes to, you know, counting per capita. While in the US, it is true that homosexual men tend to carry the larger share of the HIV burden, homosexual women actually have the fewest amount of HIV per capita. And also, the rate at which homosexual men um, contract HIV has been reducing over the past few years because of increased measures, you know, in decriminalizing homosexuality and giving them access to healthcare and um, sex education as well. Another claim that they usually make is that homosexuals are putting it in the wrong hole. And I simply say, says who? Sexual intercourse is diverse and it goes beyond just vaginal penetrative sex. It has been this way for centuries, in fact for millennia, in many cultures. So why should we think that sexual intercourse must only be about a penis going into a vagina alone? That's flat out not true. Another claim that um, anti-LGBT people usually make is that Homosexuality is not part of African culture. It is a Western import. This is problematic on many grounds. First of all, as I've already stated, homosexuality has been observed in over 1,500 sexual species. So it's very clear from this that homosexuality is far more biological than it is cultural, if at all it is cultural. And secondly, Cultures can and do change for the better. Cultures can evolve. They can learn from other cultures. They can become more inclusive and tolerant. So it's not a very good argument to say, okay, you know what? African culture is segregative. It's discriminatory. It's abusive. Let's keep it that way. No, we can change. We can get better. We can get prouder of our culture because we are more inclusive and we are more tolerant and we are more forward-thinking. But as a matter of fact, some literature suggests that some African cultures had and recognized homosexuality. For example, in an article on The Guardian by Nigerian LGBT activist Bisi Alimi in 2015, he noted that there is a word in the Yoruba lingua the term adufuro, which is a pejorative term for homosexual men. Now, this does not tell us that homosexuality was accepted among the Yoruba culture, but it does tell us that it was recognized, like it was well known that there were people who were like this. And that word has existed long before the colonization of, you know, the, the coming in of the Western people. This was also reiterated in an article from the Department of Philosophy of Lagos State University by Oladile Olayemitosin. The article is titled, A Philosophical Examination of Sexual Orientations in Africa. 
And she also notes that there are terminologies that have been used in African languages, such as the Yoruba Adufuro and also the Hausa Yandaudu, which literally means men who act like women. So these are all well-recognized terminologies used in African cultures. Now, as I said earlier, this does not mean that the cultures supported these acts, but it does show that they knew that such people existed in Africa. Therefore, it didn't come when the coloni- when colonization happened, when Western colonization happened. It has always been around. But more crucially, most of the people who make this claim that homosexuality is a Western import are Christians or Muslims. But if we want to give up homosexuality on the grounds that it is not part of African culture, then we would have to give up things like Christianity and Islam as well because they are not part of African culture. They came in through things like colonization, trade, and stuff like that. Christianity and Islam are Middle Eastern in origin. They are not part of African culture. So if we wanted to do that, if we wanted to go down that path, we would have to give up a whole lot of things that we take for granted in Africa today. Culture is dynamic. One culture can inform the other. And if we have to learn tolerance and equality from other cultures, I think that's a step forward. So another claim that they usually make is that homosexuality is a choice. So why can't homosexuals just stop it? Well, I just lay a challenge to anyone who makes this claim. And I dare them to choose to like a man. If you're a man listening to this and you make this claim that homosexuality is a choice, well, right now, I dare you to choose to like a man. See? You can't. So it's not a choice like that. Um, There are studies that have shown that there is a bit of, you know, in our genes, there's a bit of a tendency to be homosexual in there. Twin studies have shown that Twins are much more likely to both be homosexual, you know, than identical twins, I should say, are much more likely to be homosexual than fraternal twins, non-identical twins, um, like that. And there are also studies that show that there is a huge epigenetic um, factor in determining who comes out to be homosexual or not. For example, um, if a man has an elder brother, the likelihood of that man being a homosexual is higher relative to the baseline population by 33%. Um, So when you look at things like this, you understand that, hey, there's a bigger biological factor in here. There's a bigger genetic, epigenetic, and environmental factor here. It's not something that's just um, sociocultural. In outlook. But then the people who make this claim should ask themselves if homosexuality was a choice, then it would be so absurd that those who have been oppressed, tortured, and discriminated against in Africa would not simply give it up. We give up a lot of choices like this in everyday life. For example, a woman can give up their choice of a spouse if she finds out that the man is cheating, and she can simply go on to another man. But heterosexual women don't simply give up on men and for that reason alone take up lesbianism. 
that already shows that it's not a choice. I mean, on social media, I, I see several times when ladies say something like, the fact that I am still attracted to men shows that homosexuality is not a choice. And they have a very good point in there. You can't simply choose to reject your sexuality. It doesn't work that way. Another claim that people make is that the Bible is against homosexuality. This usually comes from Christians. That the Bible is against homosexuality. Now, while that may well be true, it's crucial to realize that not everyone is a Bible-believing Christian. Many people are irreligious. Also, not every Christian understands the Bible's prohibition of homosexuality in the same way. So you cannot force your own interpretation of the Bible on everyone else who either does not believe in your religion or disagrees with your interpretation of it. Equally importantly is the fact that Nigeria, for example, is a secular state, at least on paper. We're not supposed to adopt any state religion, and therefore we're not supposed to form our laws based on the tenets of any religion. We should be as egalitarian and as humanistic and as secular as we can be. And Christians often take it further and say something like, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were gay. So if we allow homosexuality in Africa, the same thing will happen to us. The problem with this claim is that nowhere in the Bible does it say that God destroyed, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were gay. In the Bible, in Genesis 18 verse 20, God said that the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah were very great. But it was not stated what sin God was referring to here. People just generally assume that it was homosexuality because of the fact that when the angels got to the house of Lot and his wife and his children, the men of the city came and said, Hey, Lot, bring out those men so that we can have sex with them. So people just assume that it was talking about homosexuality, that that was why God destroyed them. But the simple fact is that there were other cultures in the Bible that also exhibited homosexuality. In fact, the same kind of homosexuality observed in Sodom and Gomorrah. But God did not destroy those cultures because of that. For example, in Judges chapter 19, the men of Gibeah made the same demand that the men of Sodom made in verse 22. When a prophet came to the house of one of the men of Gibeah, in Bethlehem and the Bible says now I'm reading in the good news translation it says they were enjoying themselves when all of a sudden some sexual perverts from the town surrounded the house and started beating on the door they said to the old man bring out that man that came home with you we want to have sex with him now this was the exact same claim that the men of Sodom and Gomorrah made and in fact the men in Judges 19 were even worse because they raped the wife of that man to death. Yet, God did not destroy them. So it's very clear here that it's not because of homosexuality that God destroys nations. If God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it must have been because of something else, not simply homosexuality. Furthermore, Many countries that are flourishing in modern times have very inclusive pro-LGBT laws. European and North American countries, as well as South Africa, have done so. 
yet they flourish better than countries like Nigeria in terms of GDP per capita, in terms of education, in terms of um, life expectancy, in terms of overall well-being, in terms of human development index and different things like that. So if God was going to destroy Nigeria for homosexuality, he should have destroyed many of these nations first. But here we are. And the final point I'm going to make now, the final claim I'm going to make and address here before we close out this episode is for people who just say, I just hate homosexuality. I don't hate homosexuals. You know, they say things like that. But if that were so, then you can and should allow them practice their homosexuality in peace on their own without interference or discrimination. If you truly do not hate them, you wouldn't be trying to rip out their, their, their identity from them. You would actually be trying to understand what they were doing. And by so doing, maybe you can learn one thing or two about homosexuality and then expand your mind and get to understand why this should not be as hated as you think it should be. So I urge everyone out there to keep on learning about these subjects, keep on learning about homosexuality, keep on learning about, um, you know, being with one accord with everyone else in society, um, being tolerant, not discriminating against people, and just trying to build a better society for everyone, regardless of their race, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of whom they choose to love and whom they choose to spend their lives with. Because homosexuality is more than just sex. It's love. The same way you love your own girlfriend is the same way a homosexual man loves his own boyfriend. And there is nothing that blemishes that love. Let them love. Let them live. And by so doing, we can have a much better much more inclusive and much more progressive society. This has been another episode of the Skeptical Jadon podcast. Thank you for listening. Please share with your friends and your loved ones.